from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks for tuning in. Well, coming up on this Tuesday edition, President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy have agreed to a deal to raise the debt ceiling. But there's not agreement with a growing number of Republicans who are expressing opposition. The Speaker himself has said on numerous occasions, the greatest threat to America is our debt. And now is the time to act. We had the time to act. And this deal, this deal fails, fails completely. And that's why these members and others will be absolutely opposed to the deal. And we will do everything in our power to stop it and end it now. That was Congressman Scott Perry, chairman of the House Freedom Caucus earlier today. We're going to talk with a member of the Freedom Caucus, Texas Congressman Michael Cloud, in just a moment. So how does this deal line up with the Limit, Save, Grow Act Republicans passed in the House a month ago? We're going to talk about that with Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs. Now, we've been tracking the actions of another a number of growing uh, states across the, the country that are passing laws to protect children from experimental gender transition drugs and surgeries. Now, despite the false narratives like this of Nebraska Senator Megan Hunt, when you support these laws and these bills, you're making the world a less a less safe place for your kids and your grandkids and your family. This is a narrative that uh, many opponents of these laws protecting children are pushing out there. Uh, but despite their best effort, states are passing them. We're going to talk about why with Dr. Jennifer Bowens. She joins me later here on Washington Watch. And we're also going to talk to the author of the Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act or SAFE Act in Ohio. State Representative Gary Click, Gary Click, who is also a pastor, joins us to discuss why he is working to protect children from these experimental treatments and the opposition that he is facing as a result. All of that coming up on this Tuesday edition of Washington Watch. Our word for today comes from Esther chapter 3, verse 8. Then Haman said to King Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered and dispersed among the people in all your provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from all other peoples, and they do not keep the king's laws. Therefore, it is not fitting for the king to let them remain. Now, in the historical account of Esther, Haman, a top advisor to the king, is power-hungry, full of pride, and hostile toward the people of God who would not conform to the ways of the world. Allegiance to God, that is, his word and his ways, is often seen as a threat to governmental leaders who stand in contradiction to the truth of God. Haman's charges were unfounded. They were trumped up. They were exaggerated. Who knows, he may have even called them Jewish nationalists. But read the rest of the story. Those who were faithful to God ultimately prevailed. To find out more about our Bible reading plan, go to frc.org slash Bible. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and President Biden reached an agreement in their debt ceiling negotiations over the weekend, putting forward a spending bill they're calling the Fiscal Responsibility Act. But not all Republicans in Congress are on board, and some say this is a missed opportunity to address our country's chronic spending problems. With the nation approaching $32 trillion in debt, if you won't repair our fiscal house now, when will we? Joining me now to discuss this and more is Congressman Michael Cloud. He serves on the House Appropriations Committee. He represents the 27th Congressional District of Texas. Congressman Cloud, welcome back to the program. 
Well, thank you. Good to be back with you. Now, you've been outspoken against this deal. Tell us why. Well, this deal isn't the deal that we've been working on, that's for sure. And there's a lot of fuzzy math and kind of uh, some shell games going on with some of the talking points that you see out there. And it's important, you know, that that we get a good deal for the American people. You know, we we complained when leftists are in charge and we raced toward a fiscal cliff. And then when we get in charge, we uh, jog toward that same cliff and call that success. But that's not going to be what puts our country back on the right path. We need true fiscal reforms that, that turn our country in the right direction and put us going in the right direction. This falls short of that. The, the Limit Save Grow Act, I, you know, I, I did not come to Congress just to increase the debt. I, but understanding where we were at, we were willing to, to increase the debt limit a little bit in order to make some real true fiscal reforms. Uh, and so this falls short of, of a lot of the things we had worked really hard across the conference to get in, in the Limit Save Grow Act. And uh, so, you know, we've, we've still got some work to do. One of the biggest disappointments that I've heard as I've talked to different members is the fact that this would essentially establish as the benchmark going forward the post-COVID bloated budgets, where we saw all of this relief spending, $4.1 trillion, becomes part of the baseline. That's exactly right. One of my biggest concerns is over the last two to three years, we've seen our government grow to the tune of about 40%. That's significant. That is substantial. And in in the tune of saving maybe $12 billion as a best estimate, uh, we lock in spending at those levels and call that the new baseline. Uh, and so all the negotiations going forward would be from this overly inflated, massive government. And then we see some of the nefarious actions that are going on with that. We see teachers targeted at school or parents targeted at school board meetings. We, we see a, a lot of nefarious actions. You look at what the state department is doing in country after country after in country. I've talked to ambassadors who say, you know, every dollar you spend in our country is going to destroy the family and to undermine Christian values in our country. And, you know, this is not what our state department is supposed to be doing. You know, we're competing with China right now on a global stage where they're looking at infrastructure deals and those kind of things. And then we're doing all this woke craziness and countries are have been aligned with us and kind of want to still go that direction, but they're, they're stuck with this kind of weird choice that's going on. And so there's a lot of things we need to do to go through our approach process, get rid of this bad nefarious spending. Um, and, and this, this deal, uh, if anything, maybe disincentivizes that approach process as well. Well, explain that. Why would it do that? Why would it disincentivize the appropriations process? Explain that. Yeah, there's a mechanism in it for a continuing resolution that would kick in if we did not pass the 12 appropriations bills. The idea there would be that it would uh, incentivize an appropriations process uh, and and avoid a government shutdown. But at the current inflated levels, again, the government's grown 40 percent over the last few years. If I'm a leftist, I would rather keep my woke and weaponized spending at maybe just a 1 percent less than what it is now then I would like to accept the the fiscal reforms and getting rid of a lot of those nefarious actions to the bills that we've been working on in in the appropriate committee for months. And so, I mean, just a, just a kind of insignificant answer, but it just shows you how this week we're going through a number of bills and found out that our cafeteria here funds an NGO. They pay an NGO to come in and consult 
on whether we're using plastic straws or paper straws. And, and that's the kind of how, how entrenched this reckless spending, reckless wasteful spending has become. Uh, and and they does it, we have that throughout our, our budget, throughout our funding in so many nefarious ways that are certainly uh, much worse cases of, of what it's doing in our society. Let but that's just an example of the burden we're putting on taxpayers that really needs to be clawed back. Let uh, me let me and, go to the some of the, the mechanisms in this could disincentivize that process. Let me go to the issue of the woke policies and the, what we've seen from the Biden administration, what he's been successful in passing prior to the Republicans taking over the House. Would any of those programs or that spending be rescinded? There's very minimal rescissions in this. So some of the COVID funds uh, would come back and, and be rescinded. Uh, we had looked at clawing back and we promised I mean, it was a campaign promise when Republicans were running, hey, we're going to we're going to defund the 87,000 IRS agents that are being expanded in the, you know, and so instead of 80 billion, we're at 1.4 billion. And it's kind of funny the way the numbers work and how that works as to whether we're going to get that. There's talk of maybe a handshake deal that's happened that's not included in the bill that might be a little more. Uh, but let, if it's a deal, let's put it in the bill uh, and, and let's let's stand for let's have a transparent process in it all um, and, and make it work. To the so so what you just described so, is just a fraction, just a fraction, of, just a small uh, of a fraction of, of what we were what we had promised to get done. Let's talk uh, for just a moment, Congressman uh, Cloud about the, the, the political implications here. I mean, there's been a, I mean, look, I, I've said this on the program many times, a lot of unity, more so than I've seen in my 20 years here in Washington yes. among Republicans. That was a very contentious process of electing the speaker. A lot of these um, agreements were made as a result of that. Is this, is this breaking that faith that had been established, that good faith that had been established between the speaker and conservatives? Uh, honestly, over the weekend, that's probably been the thing I've been most grieved about in the sense of a lot of the great work that you've seen happen over the last several months and the potential for things let, let yet to, to happen rests in the fact that we've been able to come together. It's really been a, a down-up process in the sense of members talking to members, the, the major great bills we've been able to pass, securing the border, uh, the Limit Save Grow Act. Some of these things that people thought we couldn't get done have been members working with members to figure out how to get to yes on these sorts of things. And, and that takes people working together. Uh, this particular this, this particular agreement came down and it was very much the old school way of doing things where you have a deal that's made in a room somewhere, uh, didn't have a lot of input and we're supposed to take it or leave it. And it just falls short of, of where a lot of us are on what needs to happen in order to save our country. Has the conference met yet since you've returned to Washington? Uh, there's obviously a lot of conversations going on between members. Uh, we'll be meeting tonight to go over this. And, and again, uh, people are looking at amendment options and what might be done there as well. All that's very fluid right now. Uh, and, and it's going on right now. We met with the speaker this afternoon, a few of us about how do we, where do we go from here? And how so, was that meeting? Uh, how would you characterize that meeting? Well, you know, we, we have a number of people who, Again, it's important for us to be able to work together going forward and get wins for the American people. Uh, and you have people focused, okay, well, where are we at now and how do we get where we need to go? Uh, and so, you know, thankfully we have people working on that. Uh, it's an unfortunate, I think, that we are where we are. I, I, I liked where we were a week ago. 
we're in a very strong negotiating standpoint. 75% of the American people were with us. You're, you're going to find uh, there's not too many issues where you have that many, that percent of the American people behind you, especially in, in a, a deal like this. So we're in a very strong negotiating standpoint, really expected a, a little bit of a stronger deal out of this. What do you anticipate uh, will be the atmosphere as the conference gathers tonight? Mm, lively. <laughs> Let's go with that. Uh, you know, there's there's a, a lot of uh, because we've been in such a strong position because we've seen what we can accomplish when we're working uh, together. Uh, there's certainly a, a, a desire to kind of keep that going uh, and to make sure that we're delivering wins for the American people. Uh, but we've got to make sure that we honor the processes that are transparent, that are going to be real, uh, not messaging wins, but real constructive wins for the American people. And uh, so I'm, I'm sure we'll have some great conversations around that. All right, Congressman Michael Cloud, always great to see you. Thanks so much for taking time to, uh, to join us this afternoon. Thank you. God bless you. All right, coming up next, we're going to get uh, more insight on this debt ceiling deal and how it lines up to what the Republicans passed last month. Congressman Andy Biggs is going to join us to, uh, to break it all down. Look, I, my take on this, this is where old meets new. Uh, this is kind of putting, uh, to use a biblical analogy, uh, new wine and old wineskins. Because there is an expectation that things are different, and they have been different since the Republicans took control of the House. They've done things differently. This is, uh, as was just described by uh, Michael Cloud, kind of returned to the way things used to be. And that's not healthy for Congress or the country. All right, don't go away. We're coming back with more Washington Watch after this. Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Kirtan's book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan so that men can pursue their God-given responsibility in a culture quickly turning away from God's design. The authors unpack the Old Testament book of Joshua as the focus of their study, asking readers to look to his leadership to help consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. It's time for men to accept their role in the family and community and truly embrace their God-given purpose. To order your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clausen, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be discipled their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org. 
Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroic faith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroic faith. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us. The website is TonyPerkins.com. Be sure and check that out. Also, if you're in the Houston area, men, we've got a Stand Courageous Men's Conference coming up this Saturday, First Baptist Houston. I'll be there. Dr. Jerry Boykin will be there, General Jerry Boykin, uh, along with several other speakers. Uh, Stu Weber will be there as well. Check it out. Go to StandCourageous.com or TonyPerkins.com. All right, we're going to continue the discussion on the debt ceiling agreement that House Speaker Kevin McCarthy reached with President Biden last weekend. Now, many Republicans in Congress and, and not just not just the most conservative members have uh, have blasted the agreement for its failure to adequately rein in out of control federal spending. But what is actually in in the legislation? Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is Congressman Andy Biggs. He's a member of the House Judiciary Committee, represents Arizona's 5th Congressional District, former chairman of the House Freedom Conference. Uh, House Speaker, uh, Congressman Biggs, welcome back. I just promoted you. Welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks, Tony. Good to be with you. All right. uh, Before I get started, I want to play a clip today of uh, Senator Schumer, the Democratic leader in the Senate. Play clip number five. From the start, I've said the best way forward to avoiding default is bipartisan cooperation, and that's what this agreement represents. Again, nobody gets everything they wanted, but this bill is the responsible, prudent, and necessary way forward. He looks like he's uh, he's just smiling all the way to the bank. It looks like he's got everything he wants. Yeah, and you know what else? The Biden uh, chief economic advisor has said that um, with this deal with McCarthy, all of Joe Biden's agenda remains in place and funded. Also, that um, they're secure in the progress of the progressive agenda that Biden has set. So when when our leadership says, gee, the Democrats didn't get anything, then explain to me why they believe that they're keeping all of their programs in place and they're set and ready to go uh, and advance and fund their additional programs. And that's part of the problem of this bill. So let's 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 come let's compare this side by side with what the House passed last month that had strong support among conservatives in uh, the rank and file of the Republican conference. And, and it dealt with spending. It dealt with raising the debt ceiling, but there was a, a trade-off. So, walk us through how, how does this line up to what the House embraced last month? 
So first of all, the the bottom line number was in that the, the bill last month was $1.5 trillion debt ceiling lift. This one doesn't even put a number on it. It just sets the date out about 19 months from now, which we uh, estimate that to be well over $4 trillion. And so I l- l- let, me, let me stop you right there, Andy. So you're saying that this this doesn't even put a cap on it, that they can they can raise whatever they want over the next two years? Yeah, there's no cap at all. So so there are pre-authorizations to spend money all over the place, and they can just raise it and spend it as much as they want because the cap won't be kicked into place until January of 2025. Right. So that means the estimate is going to be somewhere north of $4 trillion. And, Tony, they did that for a cynical reason because it, when the American people hear that in, a, in about a two-year period of time, um, we're going to increase our national debt from 31 and a half to about $36 trillion. They know that people would be livid and would say, no, we don't want that. Um, but by saying we're just going to go to a date certain, then you you kind of disguise it a little bit. And the second thing, too, that's cynical about it, Tony, is by pushing it out past the November, 24th, uh, November 2024 presidential election, they take that issue off the table, and that is an issue that Republicans typically would win on because we used to be thought of as the more fiscally prudent a party, but I'm not so sure about that now, but it takes it off. And so there's a political reason to do it as well. So it's really cynical to do it in the way they've done it. Also, when you look at, and I was talking with Congressman Cloud about this, and this is what is so stunning for me is that this takes the bloated post-COVID budgets that we saw somewhere north of $4 trillion of extra spending in response to the COVID relief. That becomes a part of the baseline. That's just normal spending now. Yeah, that's that's why I introduced legislation to take us back to the pre-COVID 2019 levels. But what, what this does is, you're right, you, you are locked in now uh, – and you legitimize the gross overspending, um, which is now your new baseline. So you've gone from a baseline of spending somewhere around $4.8 trillion pre-COVID to now your baseline is about $6.1 trillion. Imagine that, Tony. That's that's a $1.3 to $1.4 trillion, depending on who's talking to you about it, increase in the baseline. And then that will then you, that means your growth is going to go based on that. And so you're never going to go back and bring it with under a rational, uh, 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 non-deficit spending uh, uh, baseline. Is there is there a a period in history where we saw that significant of growth in such a short period of time in government spending? I mean, it's about a 40 percent, 40, 50 percent increase. The closest analog to that that we've ever had was World War II, where we ra- ramped up um, military spending as quickly as we possibly could. But the difference, of course, was after World War II, we ratcheted down spending at the federal government uh, in, a, in a similar fashion to the amount that we raised, but not here. What, we, what we're doing instead is we're actually rat, continuing to ratchet it up by making that, those the baselines. And that's the problem that I see with, in, in part with this whole deal. This, as I see it, number of members I've talked to, the only way this passes is with Democratic support. That's exactly right. And Tony, I I anticipate 100 to 150 Democrats are going to vote for this. 
And that should tell everybody something. It should tell them that the, that the left is perfectly content with this piece of legislation and that maybe we should step back, reassess, renegotiate. I think you're absolutely right. You, in such a polarized environment that we have today where you'll have Democrats embrace this who are all about big government spending and woke policies, if they can embrace this, there's a problem with you. Congressman Andy Biggs, thanks so much for taking time to join us today. Always great to see you. Always good to be with you, Tony. Thank you. All right. Well, folks, I would say this. Be praying. Um, There's still a slight chance this could be changed along the way, Uh, but it is uh, is not a good deal. And and look, I want the Republicans to succeed. I want uh, Speaker McCarthy to succeed, but in the right way. All right, don't go away. We're going to be going to the state of Ohio next to see how they are working to protect children. Don't go away. Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash pro-life men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Again, go to frc.org worldview. Welcome back. Good to have you with us on this uh, Tuesday, the website, TonyPerkins.com. By the way, for those of you who are with us on our journey through the Bible, um, we have a new resource available for you just coming out on the book of Nehemiah. It will soon be uh, actually next week in the book of Nehemiah. You can find out how you can get a copy. Go to frc.org slash Nehemiah. And if you're not familiar with our Bible reading plan, you can be. Go to frc.org slash Bible, and I would also invite you to join me every morning at 8.44 a.m. Eastern Time for a daily devotional based upon our Bible reading plan. You can find it at TonyPerkins.com, or you can join me on my Facebook page every morning, 8.44 a.m., Monday through Friday, for Stand on the Word. 
Hey, we've seen tremendous momentum at the state level for legislation protecting children from experimental gender procedures that bring permanent and destructive results. This is something we've been tracking and is quite frankly something that's encouraging because Americans realize this is just common sense. This stuff should not be happening. We should not be doing, allowing these things to be done to children, no matter what these medical associations, which have become nothing more than, uh, you know, gatherings of quacks. I mean, they're just, they're, they have become puppets for the left. Well, in Ohio, there is uh, HB 68. It's known as Saving Adolescents from Experimentation or the SAFE Act, which was introduced earlier this year and is now in committee. Now, you'll not be surprised to learn that the usual suspects have lined up to villainize those working to protect children from mutilization and sterilization. Well, joining me now to discuss this is the sponsor of HB 68, State Representative Gary Click. He represents the 88th District of Ohio. He's also a pastor in the state of Ohio. Uh, Representative Click, welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks so much for joining me. Well, thank you, Tony. It's great to be with you. And uh, let me just begin by thanking you for being a a champion for the family. I love and appreciate everything you and FRC are doing in our nation. So thank you very much. Well, I appreciate that. And and you represent what we want to see, uh, pastors and Christians that are not just moaning about what's happening, uh, not just cursing the darkness, but bringing light to the arena. And that's exactly what you have done You've introduced HB 68 to protect children this year. It is now in the committee in the state, uh, the state house. Uh, give us the latest on your bill, where it stands, the opposition, and what's needed to get this over the hump. Well, thank you, Tony. So we had this bill last year, GA as well. It was HB 454 last year. And we got all the way to the end, and we just couldn't get it across last year. But we reintroduced it this year. And last year we had 25 co-sponsors. This year we have 40 co-sponsors in the House. There's 99 members, 67 of us are Republicans. And so we've been able to make some great progress this year. It's going through committee. Our, we've had three committee hearings on it so far, and they've all been fantastic. They've all been in our favor. The speaker is supportive, and we're hoping to get this out in June and to send it over to the Senate. But we are, we do have a lot of opposition. Of course, the children's hospitals are fighting against us. They're lying about us. And we're getting, as you know, some opposition in the press, especially with me being a pastor. That they really, that really triggers them. Yeah, I want to talk about that for a moment because you, you made a comment and, and they, they took, they, they took uh, umbrage with your statement that the, the Bible and science line up together. Yes. You know, and, uh, you know, David, our friend David Martin made a statement. I listened to several years ago to one of his things. He said, basically, he talked about, um, you know, thinking biblically and speaking secularly. And one of the things that we know is the Bible is true. And if the Bible is true, it will show itself throughout society. And we can see that. So the Bible makes statements. But when I come to the legislature, I can't just say, well, the Bible says, you know, male and female. And I have to give uh, statistics. I have to give proof. I have to give uh, living experiences. What I found really interesting is the alignment of people that come together and agree on this, Tony. We have people from the LGBT community. They've been my my chief witnesses on this. Uh, I have one young lady who's an atheist, and she is very supportive on this bill, and she's been you know carrying, helping to get the different people here uh, to testify in favor of it. 
even Richard Dawkins came out and, and agrees with us. And I posted one time on my social media, who would ever thought that this is the issue that would have bought you know, Christians, gays, lesbians, transsexuals, and uh, atheists all together to support something. But it's so common sense that anyone with an ounce of common sense gets it. You know, these types of bills have been moving across the country. We uh, had one of the first ones in Arkansas a couple of years ago. It's now moved. We've had over a dozen states that that have these in place, uh, approaching about 18 states that have these. Um, But but what you've described is just because you're a Christian, just because you're a pastor and you hold the views that someone else might have, it somehow discredits it because it is also a teaching of your faith. I mean, that to me— it looks like outright hostility and discrimination toward people of faith. It, it is. It absolutely is. So in uh, 2018, I preached a series of messages leading up to the election. We all know that uh, people in church crave to know what the Bible says about special issues. So I preached a series of three different uh, sermons on this, and I'd worked on faith campaigns for various candidates in the state of Ohio as a pastor. And I've worked very closely with uh, FRC and our state and so forth. So I preached three messages that were in this message happened to be the value of the family. And I talked about what the Bible says. And I was very critical of people who use harsh language and say unkind and mean things to people because God loves everyone. God doesn't love everything. And so we want to be loving, caring. We don't want to. I always ask myself, if somebody in my church is struggling with, with an issue, would they feel comfortable coming and talking to me and taking counsel and advice? And would I be able to share the gospel with them? And I think so many times, Tony, in our churches, we use hateful rhetoric right. and we use bad we, language. We have to speak that truth in love. Uh, Pastor Click, we're at the end of the segment. We've got to stop. We're going to be watching and uh, let us know how we can help. Thank you so much, Tony. God bless you. Thank you for all you do. All right, folks, stick with us. We're back after this. Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to PrayVoteStand.org. Again, that's PrayVoteStand.org. Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND. 
and to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom, and you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free, factual news stories and commentaries all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day, ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged, be in the know, and stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us. All right, uh, mark your calendars coming up September the 15th through the 17th in Washington, D.C., our Pray Vote Stand Summit. You can find out more by going to prayvotestand.org and be a part of that event. It'll be a gathering of conservatives all across the nation. All right, speaking of action, I've got some uh, action steps for you as I was talking with uh, State Representative Click. The, uh, the bill that he has, HB 68, the SAFE Act, all right, he could use your help. You'd like to weigh in with, if you live in the state of Ohio, the Buckeye State, if you want to weigh in with your state representative and your state senator, I've got a phone number for you, okay? So all of our listeners in Ohio, listen up. Here's the number, 800-282-0253. That's 800-282-0253. It's the SAFE Act, or HB 68. And what this does simply restricts experimental drugs and surgeries to deal with gender dysphoria for minors. All right, this keeps them from... look. We've talked about it, and we're going to talk about it more in just a moment, but we're seeing nations, you know, that are usually left-leaning, backing away from this. We're seeing states, as I said, we're approaching about 18 states that have passed this. And so this is not, this is not radical. This is common sense, as uh, Pastor Click said. All right, speaking of that, even in my home state of Louisiana, very disappointing when a Senate committee— last week blocked the uh, SAFE Act version in Louisiana, House Bill 648. In fact, I've got a uh, a clip from uh, the Democrat governor, Governor Bill Edwards, on Friday, actually it was on Saturday, speaking about uh, why this legislation, why he opposed this legislation. Play clip number nine. The legislature has no business inserting itself into that equation. Um, I, I don't I don't believe that the legislature is competent to have findings that are in disagreement with the medical associations whose professionals 
know most about these conditions and the treatments and so forth. Okay. So, I mean, I guess that would be the case for tattoos, smoking, drinking, all of these things, that the legislature is not competent to make these decisions. That's why they take testimony on these issues. And the testimony was overwhelming that this is not good for kids, that these experimental drugs and surgeries leave children sterile. They're not reversible. They're increasingly, as, as, this, as we, time passes, because this stuff's been rushed into, we're finding other health complications related to this. So the, the governor is, well, like, this is going to sound partisan, but like many Democrats today who have bought into all of this liberal ideology, no, leftist ideology, are lying. They don't speak the truth. Either they're totally blind or they're just spouting the party line. So here's where this stands for listeners in Louisiana. Okay, this is for Louisiana. The the call is for state senators to vote to just discharge the committee that killed this from uh, dealing with it and bringing it straight to the Senate floor, right, so that they uh, they can just tell them, hey, uh, we're discharging you, and uh, we want you to report this bill to the Senate floor where all senators can vote on this. And it's House Bill 648. That's House Bill 648. And here's the uh, switchboard number for the state Senate in Louisiana. All right, listen up, all you Louisiana listeners. 225-342-2040. 225-342-2040, and that's House Bill 648. And uh, talk to your senator and tell them you would like to see them protect children and tell the committee, the health committee, to report HB 648 to the full Senate floor. All right? All right. Well, in related news, it keeps getting worse for Target. The uh, retail giant lost billions in market value following their Pride Month promotion that included transgender clothing for children. I mean, when when are these folks going to learn? I mean, Bud Light, Target. Um, We even now have Chick-fil-A moving down this path of uh, diversity and inclusion. I mean, it's where, where does this stop? Well, now we've learned. And this is usually personnel as policy. This is what we usually find. We learned that Target's vice president of brand marketing is a treasurer of GLSEN. This is the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Network. This organization works to get school districts to adopt policies that include hiding a child's in-school gender transition from parents and providing sexually explicit books to schools. It's all about perverting the minds of children. Well, but as uh, state lawmakers work to protect children from harmful and permanent gender procedures that we just discussed, how should families respond to the indoctrination coming from all angles? Should you be shopping with these people? Should you be giving them your money? Joining me now to discuss this is Dr. Jennifer Ballins, the director of the Center for Family Studies here at the Family Research Research Council. She recently submitted testimony uh, here in the uh, state of Louisiana, 
supporting the legislation that we were just talking about to protect children from harmful gender procedures. Dr. Bowens, welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to see you. I think you're on mute. Let's see if, can we get, do we have her audio? All right, we're going to see, make sure she hasn't lost her voice. Yeah. Um, there she is. There she is. Oh, you can hear me. Okay. I can hear you. Can't Now I can see you and hear you. Yay. All right. So 18 states have passed laws prohibiting these harmful treatments for children. And we were just talking with Ohio lawmaker looking to pass similar legislation in the, uh, the Buckeye state. But, you know, we have these woke corporate um, corporations fully on board pushing this ideology. But there seems to be some real blowback. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, there was a certain level of tolerating uh, Pride Month and just the onslaught of, of this is the ideology we want you to adopt. And, and But when, when we started seeing this play out with our kids and you start seeing, um, you know, onesies, uh, that are our pride wear, and you start seeing these swimsuits that tell children that there's something wrong with your biology and that you need to tuck it away, um, then you see an outrage, you know, because uh, we've crossed that line. We can no longer be silent because this is, uh, this is impacting our kids. It's in- impacting the mental well-being, the spiritual well-being of our kids. And if anyone had any doubt about this being a not just a an issue that affects people's psychology, uh, but also that it's very much rooted in a spiritual problem. Um, well, I think Target pretty much uh, pulled the curtain on that for us, and we could see some of their designers and some of the the roots of the 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 spiritual components for those who are are propagating this transgender ideology. You're talking about one in particular, one of their suppliers who actually is openly promoting Satanism, talking about how Satan uses the right pronouns. Um, So, yeah, there is a spiritual component here. I I want to talk about the the medical component as well. Um, Texas Governor Greg Abbott is set to sign a law to protect children from these procedures, a Texas Children's Hospital confirmed that it will end these procedures for minors before the law goes into effect in September. Now, we're seeing a lot of scandals sur- surrounding some of these hospitals that have been doing this stuff, uh, sometimes, I mean, with really young children. Part of the justification in opposing these Safe Act type measures that would protect children. Democrats, just like the governor in Louisiana, saying, well, medical associations, uh, they're, they're, not, they're not for these bills. Uh, they, they feel like it, that children should have these types of treatments, and they're the authorities. But we can't trust these medical associations. Why not? Yeah, I, I mean, this is exactly why we have legislation and legislative bodies to come and intervene when um, when groups like medical associations aren't doing their job and they're not policing their own. And, and basically what we're seeing is uh, these medical organizations have a certain monopoly on the treatment of, of what has been termed gender dysphoria. And there's only one offering for uh, helping a child who's suffering from this discomfort 
um, even though we know if we leave them alone, most of them would desist from this issue. But nonetheless, there's, there's one way that is offered through these medical organizations. And if you even attempt to uh, investigate into another way of helping these kids, then you're deemed a bigot and that you're, you're deemed a, a, some sort of um, transphobe. And, and that's, so, I, I, that's I'm gonna stop. exactly I wanna, why we need someone to come in. I want to stop you right there because there's only, from their perspective, there's only one way to treat it, and it's with the medical intervention. That's right. So when when someone suggests, as we would do with other things that are not in alignment, when our body and mind are not in alignment, we would have counseling. Right. We would just talk through these things. Say, hey, what, what's at the root of this? We try to find out what might have be leading this or causing this. Well, that's not allowed. In fact, any suggestion to go down that path is labeled conversion therapy as if it's, you know, hooking someone up to car batteries or something like that, that, you know, no one's even talking about. Yeah, that's right. We have right now a system that reinforces um, other bad practices. So, so even with the bills that we're seeing traction on um, regarding protecting children from these harmful procedures, uh, we can't just say, okay, let's, let's give them another mental health uh, solution because in a lot of states, we already have these counseling bans at play. So we really have to be, get creative to help people and get them the right treatment. And this is one reason, Tony, we need the church to rise up and to really start thinking about how we, we can help people who are suffering emotionally and not just... Um, that, I mean, I, I think every situation is different, but we need to be open to being the one who's who's the sent one to the hurting one. That becomes all the more difficult when at every turn you're confronted with this message that, hey, embrace this, or as you said, you're a bigot, whether it's at the schools where they're hiding this from the parents. Uh, and of course, Target, as I just mentioned, uh, one of their vice presidents of branding is with Glisten that works to put policies into schools, to hide this. So you, you get it at school. You get it when you go to the retailers who are, are going to be in your face all during the month of June with this. Uh, you've got the medical associations. So really, it's, it's like parents are almost standing alone to protect their children. That's why we certainly do need the voice of the church. We need pastors speaking to this issue. We need Christians informed and speaking to this issue. But how should parents respond when we see all that is unfolding before us, whether it's corporate America, whether it's our schools, uh, how should we be responding? Well, I think one thing, just to, just to uh, target, no pun intended, um, the, the um, corporate uh, issues that, that are shoving this ideology down our throats is, um, I, I remember having a pastor say this a while back, and he said, your dollars are like um, our soldiers, and where you spend your dollars uh, is where they will go to war for you. And and I think we need to think about that when it comes to our spending. We need to think about them, where they're going to war on our behalf. And if we're spending our money um, and our time, you know, if it's if we're going to movies and doing things with our money that supports uh, people who are who are enforcing this kind of ideology 
Um, you know, I would say we really need to pray about that and ask the Lord where we, we were to spend our soldiers, so to speak. Um, and of course, you know, when it comes to when we're dealing with a child who's maybe uh, suffering from this uh, horrible experience, you know, we need to look at their social media accounts. We need to look at where they've been spending their time. Who's listening to them? Who's speaking it? Who has a voice into um, their lives? Because this is not, this is no longer something that's just happening in liberal cities. This is happening in schools all across America at every level. Yeah. So we, we need to be aware of that. And it is something pastors need to be preaching from the word of God about this issue. Uh, about the issue of human sexuality, about how God has made us and shaped us, as Jesus said in Matthew 19, have you not read from the beginning that he created them male and female? There's no confusion there. And it's a great point, uh, Jennifer, about the stewardship of our resources. Um, God has entrusted these things with us, our money, our jobs, our time, all of that, and we should be using them to bring glory and honor to him. Jennifer, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for taking time to join us today. It's good to talk with you, too. And, folks, uh, we do have a petition going to Target. And if you'd like to sign that as uh, they they're just over the top, I mean, going after children and infants, as uh, was mentioned with these onesies. I mean, it's just crazy. So text the word Target to 67742, and you'll get a link to that. That's Target 67742 or frc.org slash Target. All right, folks, again, thanks so much for joining us today. And until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you have taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.